are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping a Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. And as always, this show is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you've been following any U of A baseball, those are probably some young men that are consuming Built Bars out there. And a lot of times, this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, Schuster. But I don't know a ton about college baseball, and that's why I got you here, the almanac that is John Schuster when it comes to college baseball. Yeah, that's not pressure whatsoever. Okay. One thing I will (laughs) say, though, just watching it from my novice Mm -hmm. uh, approach when it comes to this, this team can really hit the baseball. When you're scoring in the teens, there's a little built bar involved. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, game one and game three went very well for Arizona. And Arizona's been very good offensively all year long. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result of that, you know, you're in a situation where you can do a lot of good things. And obviously, Arizona's had a very good year from the get-go, able to host uh, both regional levels. And uh, now they're uh, moving on to see how things go. But it's been very good uh, to this point. One of the things that I thought was fascinating, Mike, is the way that the weekend set itself up uh, is that it appeared to me that Ole Miss's entire strategy was I hope we can win game one. Mm. And right. uh, because they, they, they threw the ace in game two, and once Arizona beat the tar out of them, beat the built bar out of them in game one, uh, then it was like, all right, you throw the ace in game two and hope for the best in game three and hope for the best for Ole Miss didn't go very well. We're going to go all over the place here because uh, you've been around the city uh, for a long time. Is Arizona, and you always hear about, you hear about the Jerry Kindle era and, you know, rightfully so, three national championships. If you consider... If you consider college baseball a major sport, which I realize it's not, it's a non-revenue sport. I get that. But from a basketball, baseball, and football perspective, Arizona baseball is far more accomplished than any other of the programs that you Of the men's program. Yeah. And it's not Uh even close. It's not even close. No, that's absolutely the case. So here's my question then. And where does Arizona rank like in the historical pantheon of college baseball programs because it's got to be pretty up there. high i mean seriously you got four national championships uh-huh. and it's not like these were happening when like, knocking on the door for number five right what, five years ago three and, to five years ago exactly and it, and with the way jay johnson has things going it doesn't mm-hmm. look like this is going to stop anytime right soon. you're going to be in the mix for a while yeah so i mean i th- is this something that maybe this town at least from a historical perspective kind of takes for granted i don't know uh, maybe they've forgotten mm-hmm. one of the weird things about tucson as a city and arizona as a state is that Arizona used to be a hotbed for baseball, and Tucson mm-hmm. used to be a hotbed for youth baseball. High school baseball was great in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously weather plays a big role in that. You can play baseball all year long. If you're up in Michigan, you've got a, a much shorter window, so it makes sense that uh, if you live in the South, you're going to be a little bit better. You're going to be good in California. Uh, you're going to be good in a lot of the southern states, Texas. You're also going to be good in Arizona. Arizona had a disproportionate amount of quality high school-level baseball players uh, based on the population that it had and I think that helped a great deal to be a feeder for Arizona State and Arizona remember it wasn't just you look at Jim Brock's record at ASU Mm -hmm. and 
it's pretty darn remarkable too. So you've got two teams, in, and and they were here at the same time. Right. Kendall and Brock were here at the same time, and some of those rivalries were ridiculous. Our friend John Morich and I, when we were going to high school in the uh, early '80s up in Prescott, we would go to uh, ASU and Arizona baseball games. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about early to mid '80s, Packard Stadium in Tempe. Mm-hmm. Those places were packed. You could not find a ticket, and they were crazy. Right. Those games were nuts. So, so we're talking about, you know, filling a venue of 7,000 people or something like that, 3,500 Arizona fans, 3,500 ASU fans, and it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So then, then what I guess happened is that Lou Olson came to town, men's basketball, which is a higher echelon sport, right. uh, became a, a big deal and very successful. And at the same time, Arizona baseball sort of hit, you know, kind of a rut uh, from time to time by comparison to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, and it's had a difficult time sort of playing catch up here. But it's been one of those programs that you look at and, uh, yeah, you can understand why why they're winning. Well, You've got a good coach here who's doing some, you know, who's been doing some good things for a while. And Arizona's, no question, Arizona's back on the map. And when you look at it, and I think the one thing you got to think about is that, well, first of all, in Tucson, when you got a school like CDO, shout out Rob Lance, that's produced something like 10 Major League Baseball players in like a 20-year period in Tucson. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, that just kind of goes to yeah. show you, and that's not even talking about kids like a J.J. Hardy. That and that is and, and that is the example of the disproportionate amount of baseball success that the state of Arizona and Tucson, mm-hmm. based on its population, has had. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you've talked about this a lot of times, uh, It it's probably a bigger issue with football and then it's men's basketball, and then it should be an issue with baseball. Right. The football issue, there's a, there's a study that says, depending on where you are geographically from a general population standpoint, that can play a direct role on how successful you can ultimately be in college football. Mm-hmm. The gist of it is if you're around more population bases, you've got a better chance to be successful. Tucson and the U of A, from a football standpoint, isn't a particularly big population base. So it's one of the reasons that Arizona football has struggled by comparison to some of the other right. schools. Men's basketball has many of the same issues. You've talked about this on a consistent basis. You can probably name on one hand the number of superior basketball players from Tucson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not many. But in baseball, that number is significant. The population isn't any different. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's still more people in L.A., there's still more people in Florida, there's still more, you know, mm-hmm. in Texas. But Arizona has been a city that has, or rather a state, mm-hmm. that has played that, that has had a populace that has enjoyed baseball. Right. And then I think that leveled off a little bit, but is obviously did that, did that picking level, up again. Did that level off when the Toros left? It didn't help. Right. Uh, I think that was probably a coincidence as much as anything else. It wasn't because there was a AAA baseball team here that Tucson was a good baseball city. Right. It just, it, it, it just. I think it's one of those things that maybe, maybe there are just a variety of different things that what go always, into it. What always amazes me, though, is when I look at um, Arizona. I mean, you look at Arizona State baseball, look at Arizona baseball. I mean, you've had some of the best players that have ever come through here. And I was talking, or Brian Jeffrey was, was tell, telling me a little bit about it, that he was calling a game one time. And you had Scott Erickson on the mound. You had Trevor Hoffman, I believe, at shortstop. Uh, there was one other guy, and then Kenny Lofton was pinch running. Mm-hmm. I mean, so th- and that just kind of shows yeah. you, too. Meanwhile, at ASU, you can look at, and you've had guys like Barry Bonds, Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
both these schools, when you think about it, have I mean, done have have they are yes the first tradition. You could argue ASU. That's not the case because Dan Devine and Frank Cush were there for football, mm -hmm. but. Baseball, at the very least, at Arizona State was a parallel. Right. Baseball was the first great sport at the University of Arizona. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Jerry Kindle is an interesting guy because, like, when you think of the when you think of the great coaches in school history, it's kind of weird. But unless I think that you're a an older person or somebody that has an appreciation for the school, you don't really realize that you know as far as just and I'd be careful here. Who do you talk about? You talk about Olson, Candrea. Mm-hmm. McHale, maybe, but only by it, name because his name it's is... It's generally yeah. just Olsen and Candrea. And right. That's the point. And the Jerry Kindle really... Is an odd afterthought, but he was the first. And, but he was the first, exactly. And again, this is a guy that won three national mm -hmm. championships here. Schuster is a uh, Schuster is a baseball guy. And you know what? I'm going to... We're going to talk a little bit about a primer to try to get you guys all ready for it there. I'll tell you one thing, though. Some baseball teams fly, some travel, but you know, or, or travel, some go by vehicle, but if they're going by vehicle, they better have rockauto.com locked and loaded there because, man, when it's 120 degrees outside, you're going to want something that's easy on the pocketbook, easy on the technological spot, and you know what? Rockauto.com has it there. Keep it locked on Wildcats. Welcome back to Locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Joined by the baseball aficionado, John Schuster. And I actually say that because I used to be a big baseball fan. I don't really follow baseball much anymore. But John Schuster does follow baseball very closely. And Schuster can tell a little bit of the intricacies of the game. So, Schuster, right now, you got Arizona, and they're going to be going against Vanderbilt. Arizona's the best hitting team in the country. Mm -hmm. They just got the primetime slot announced for ESPN. And so, you know what, back in the day when people backed the A and they didn't really mean it, ESPN's back in the A right here. They want to watch them. So you're going against a Vanderbilt team that's got the best pitcher generally considered in college baseball who's going to be a top five pick. In college, and you always hear the saying good pitching beats good hitting, blah, 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 blah. Is that still is that the same case in college? Unquestionably. I don't and and I know where it's very possible that in this game Arizona scores 38 runs. Mm -hmm. Okay, hope, and which just we hope they do. and just and just pummels the Vandy pitcher into the ground, and you know it's a different animal if you're playing SEC talent than it is Pac-12. Blah 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 blah. Always go with pitching over hitting. Mm -hmm. Always. The Atlanta if Braves you have, say hi. If you have a That's great kind of a well, question see right the weird thing is. The problem, and baseball has changed dramatically in the college level, is you always see it at the pros first, and then things tend, tend to trickle down, and college baseball is in, in trickle-down mode. Baseball, as you're well aware, is the first sport that was directly affected by analytics. Uh -huh. So analytics became all of this launch angle stuff. It was just better from an odd standpoint to try to hit home runs. Don't bother hitting singles. Don't try to Do steal bases. Not particularly, I mean, but I mean, the number. I think it. I think it hurts the visual aspect of the game. Uh -huh. uh, there are more strikeouts for a reason. There are lower ERAs for a reason. But this gets to a point. You know, Jacob Degrom's a great pitcher. His ERA is below one right now. Why? Well, one, he's a great pitcher. Two, it, because there, there are a lot of other, in, in fairness, there are a lot of other pitchers in Major League Baseball who aren't throwing below one ERAs. Right. Okay? But you have a lot of teams that you're going up against that are just trying to hit home runs. Mm -hmm. They're playing launch angle. They're going deep. They strike out a hell of a lot more than they used to. Right. So that trickles down into the college game as well. But 
regardless of the situation, always have a good pitcher. It's going to give you a chance. And frankly, over the weekend uh, in Tucson with Ole Miss, Ole Miss had the Ole Miss did the same thing. They were their their entire game plan was, I think, I hope we win game one because we're throwing the ace in game two. And then we don't have to worry about game three as long as we win game one. We got a good chance at the ace in game two, and they were right. right. I mean, they, but their strategy blew up in game one when Arizona obliterated mm-hmm. them on, on the night. But on the second night, what was the score? 12 2 Ole Miss or something like that? So Arizona's great offense was quelled by excellent pitching. And then when there wasn't so excellent pitching and Ole Miss tried to go with basically a closer multiple bullpen game, uh, it didn't work. And as a result of that, Arizona scored, what, 14 runs to uh, advance. You know what I've noticed about college baseball, and again, take this for what it's worth, because I've watched about, I don't know, in the last 20 years, I've probably watched about 20 innings of college baseball, but it feels like it's very much a game of confidence or momentum. And here's what I mean. I think it's a little bit different than football and basketball in this regard, in that I don't know anything about the teams in the field. I'm sure that Arizona is in favor. But you know what? With the way they're playing right now, mm-hmm. I would not be at all surprised if they won the national championship. Right. They're playing that kind of ball where there are times like there's been times in. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you this while I mm-hmm. not nah, go ahead. No, Please, no, no, go no ahead. you go ahead. You go ahead. If Chivalry Vandy, if that. Vandy, for instance, has two top ten pitchers, I'm taking Vandy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you've got some pretty good pitchers on the mound. Arizona's offense may be enough to move them through this field. Right. And so that's my other question, too. Uh, I was listening to Andy Lopez, and he was talking um, Excuse me. He was talking a little bit about the difference between the college and the, uh, uh, the professional game. And it does still seem like college is a little bit more of kind of your old school that, you know what, you're trying to hit, you're trying to hit balls into the gaps. You're trying to hit doubles. You're trying to continuously. Now, listen, if you can hit a home run, you're going to want that. You're sure. going to hit the home run. But it feels like it's far more of a... A station-to-station game. Yeah, it feels like it's far more of what I grew up watching in 1990s baseball, mm-hmm. where, you know what, if you got a guy on... Uh, if you got a guy on base, give you an example. Kenny Lofton was my favorite player to watch in the 90s because it, when Kenny Lofton got on base, or you could say that for a lot of different guys, when Deion Sanders got on base, when Ricky Henderson obviously got on base... They messed the pitcher's mindset up the entirely because the pitcher's having to look over the entire time. There doesn't seem to really be much of that in the professional game anymore. But if you watch in the college game, there certainly does appear to be much more of a station-to-station type feel. Yeah, and it's uh, and and there's a lot to be said about it, especially at a lower level where the players aren't as consistently good. Mm-hmm. If you've if you're taking your attention away from away from the batter. At the college level, that can be more of a problem than it is at the pros. Right. And and what you have in the pros now is a lot of guys just don't run because of what you were talking about. Right. It's, it's, it's a launch angle, go for the fence, you don't want to get thrown out trying to steal second type thing because the analytics guys from MIT tell you that that gives you the better chance to ultimately be successful. Uh, okay, I am much more a fan of try to make things happen on the base paths but at the college at the college level especially you can have some fielding issues if it gets out of there you know you have a chance to move some folks along if 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 that's the case i think it's a lot more exciting game but if you like offense you certainly like arizona this year and 
you hope that Arizona is a force to be reckoned with in this field, and I suspect that they are. All right. The one thing that you want to know, though, you probably don't generally say, you know what, I'm going to go to Locked On Wildcats for Arizona baseball talk. But you know what? We're going to have you covered here and because we've got our correspondent, John Schuster, who is keeping things very close to the vest. He sees things through an analytical eye that he doesn't even need the metrics for. And that's why we have John Schuster on here. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball, though, and maybe some baseball next episode. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.